Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include but are not limited to professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Your discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll answer the age-old question, do we need a biblical explanation for every moral question? Now, Tim, as we kick this episode off, what Bible verse do you have to read for us? Second Peter 1, 3-5 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he's granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become particulars of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world from sinful desire. Uh, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge and self-control, and all that. So, But yeah, that's, that's part of it. Okay, so so help us understand, you know, how exactly does that Bible verse relate to the the episode's title question do we need a biblical explanation for every moral question yeah so, sure so this is one of those passages which um it's like a classic passage on the topic of the sufficiency of scripture and what you see in there is that god you know through his divine power uh his divine power is granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who's called us to his own glory and excellence so like in this passage what you see is god's given us in his word like where the knowledge of him is found. So later on, as you read through Second Peter, you're going to realize that they're talking about no prophecy of Scripture it comes from the will of man, right? It comes from divine origin. But in God, in his word, has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. So, you know, God, God's given us in the Scriptures everything we need in order to understand life, like the world that we live in, and then to understand this category of godliness. And so when you're talking about this topic of like morality, do you need a biblical explanation for morality? Well, that's what special revelation is. It's a sufficient guide to tell you how to be pleasing to God, right? So it's, right. it's, it's a guide that's designed to tell you what are God's expectations for you. So when you're answering a moral question, everyone has to ask, like, what is the standard that they're judging this morality by? And the issue is, I mean, you just look around the world and you see that our morality is rapidly changing. And mm-hmm. if like, you just need some sort of objective standard for morality, and that's what the Bible is intending to do. Like God's word hasn't changed. It's the same, you know, yesterday, forever, and, you know, 
today, right? So you look at God's word, like God's word, like the grass withers, the flower, flower uh, fades, but the word of God remains. Uh, God's word is gives you this standard of morality, and you can go to the scriptures to find out what's pleasing to God. And like the issue is, yeah, I mean, our society, we're jumping off a cliff. The things that seem normal to us now haven't been normal in the past. Um, you know, there's different societies th- that are alive today that all have different innate understandings of what's like right and wrong. <laughs> if you grow up in a right. cannibalistic society, you may think it's right to, you know, just uh, kill someone and eat them. I mean, there's societies that exist today where they think that it's perfectly reasonable just to rape people that mm-hmm. they can't even understand why that would be wrong. <laughs> so like those, like those kinds of cultures exist, those kinds of societies exist. Um, our natural moral intuition isn't wonderful. And our natural moral int- intuition at this point, you know, tells a lot of people in our country that it's okay to kill babies and that a man can be a woman. And like, it's a worse sin to like dead name someone than it is to actually engage in sodomy. So <laughs> like the issue is like you need some kind of objective standard and that's what the Bible was designed to do. Right. So, so in other words, you know, even though there's not a specific Bible verse for every situation you might find yourself in life, the Bible gives us answers to be able to, uh, you know, apply to every situation that we might run across in our life. Right. right? So, so there's no verse about like, Hey, you know, are you, are we allowed to use Facebook? As Christians, there's no Bible verse that says, you know, thou shalt not use Facebook or anything like that, or thou shalt use Facebook. There's nothing like that. But then there's plenty of commands in the Bible that would apply to using social media in general, right? Right. So you have a lot of people who basically they approach the Bible in a very simplistic way. And what they do is, I mean, they demand that the Bible use very specific modern phraseology. They, I mean, it can get really, I mean, like sometimes it's like comically long, the kind of phraseology <laughs> that a person will demand that you used, right? <laughs> so, I mean, mm-hmm. you can you can imagine, I mean, I wish I were joking, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is a slight hyperbole, but I mean, it really is the kind of thing where you have people on the internet who think that they're having a gotcha, gotcha moment, you know, or people in life, real life, they think that they're you're having some kind of gotcha moment with you where they look at you and they say, hey, yeah, well, show me in the Bible where it says that I cannot you know, dress up as a pink uh, furry uh, monkey, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I want to hear those exact words, you know, pink, you know, furry monkey uh, and um, everything else. And so like, it's just like, it just gets absurd, you know, at that point. But like the issue is that, yeah, uh, the Bible obviously has commands in it that tell you what God's will for you is. And the Bible also has principles in there that you could use to, you know, um, build a case. And so a lot of, a lot of the questions that we ask, what people will look, the people will look at these kind of questions like in vitro fertilization. I mean, that would be a good example. We did a couple podcasts on in vitro uh, fertilization. So we did, we did something along those lines, uh, surrogacy, right? We did, you know, in, I think in the same kind of discussion, we talked about surrogacy and what people are demanding is that you, you know, essentially come up with some very specific wording that fits like modern technology in order for the Bible to speak to the issue. But I mean, the Bible does have commands and principles. Bible may not use the word abortion, but obviously 
Like there is a concept within the Bible of murder, right? Thou shalt not murder. Right. There are principles in the law uh, that are related to this, like meaning if two men are striving and they hit a pregnant woman and like the child dies, then that child will be avenged life for life, right? So, I mean, you have principles like that that may not talk about abortion using that word, but they're directly relevant to the topic in general. So, I mean, you have passages... I mean, you have a, the Bible is meant to give you a worldview, a, a way of thinking that's, that that um, from which you reason from, and so there's all sorts of ways that you can argue from the scripture and from principles that you've established in the scripture, and make a biblical case. And I think a lot of people they just um, they don't realize that that's like the Bible is meant to provide them <laughs> like a comp, like a sufficient guide for you know right and wrong, and our moral intuitions aren't to be trusted in that way. Well, and, and what's really interesting, I was just thinking about this as, as you were giving your response, but what's really interesting is they look for that certain modernized kind of wording, right? Right. And, and if they can't find that, then they, then a lot of people like to assume, well, I can just do whatever I want then, right? I'm free to do whatever I want because it doesn't, you know, the Bible doesn't say I can't, you know, look at porn online, on my there's, smartphone, there's no, there's, my, there's no Bible verse that says I can't use. On my Android smartphone, uh, right, Galaxy right, there, there, twenty three, you know. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no, there's no Bible verse about that, right? But then at the same time, you know, the Bible, there are examples where the Bible does use a relatively modern term, and everyone absolutely rejects it. So the Bible uses the the term homosexuality, right? A modern term. That's not. That's not a an ancient word that people would have understood. That's a, that's a modern word that we made up to communicate uh, an idea that has been around for a long time. But so we use this modern, this modern word in newer translations. And then the response is just, well, that word was inserted into the scriptures. They didn't use that word before, you know, 1954, 1956, whatever, whatever year it was. Um, and and so therefore those bible verses don't count anymore because they they mean something else they don't actually mean you know they don't actually mean same sex relationships of any kind they mean this and st- and so it's like it, it's really just a game of how can i get away with as much sin as possible both ways there there is no like hey if you if you just do it this way then i would get it it's yep. it's always a game about how much sin can I get away with. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a good example of just some of the moves that are being made as it relates to the subject of sodomy in general, and uh, meaning like you know you have individuals who are going to basically try to avoid what the Bible says by appeal to like some sort of demand for very specific vocabulary. So that happens in the in the you know sodomy discussion where they will demand that you show them somewhere in the Bible where it describes like a loving, committed, <laughs> consensual, same-sex relationship or whatever else. And, and so they'll, they'll read it, you know, read it along those lines. But then, you know, in the opposite way, as you're saying, like there are times when um, like you, you can have some like terms that are very clearly speaking to certain dynamics and that, that they're wanting to suppress in that way. Um, and then they'll just basically pretend like those terms don't exist in that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the homosexuality discussion is a little bit complicated in the sense of, um, just, 
what is the nature of that word that's being used there? And like, is it, is it meaning to discuss an orientation or an action in that way? And, and so, but then they use that to basically just like say, Hey, yeah, like, um, the orientation itself is neutral and the orientation is a modern concept. And because the orientation is a modern concept and the Bible has nothing to say about it, but it's like, yeah, I, the Bible talks about like autonomy over and over and over again. So, you know, I don't think that that's entirely relevant, but yeah. yeah hey, we didn't, we didn't discover a new sin. <laughs> <laughs> it's been around. <laughs> I mean, what's funny about that is like the Bible will like, they'll, they, you know, you can argue over the, the appropriate translation of that term. In that way, like Arsenal Cortez and all that, like you can argue for that. But I mean, like the issue is you go back to the law and it says if a man lies with another man, like he would lie with a woman, <laughs> then, you know, like that this is depravity and death penalty and all that. So, I mean, that's like a man lies with another man, like a woman, right? Like that's about as right. specific as you can get to describe that this isn't talking about like rape or something like that. This is, this is talking about, you know, anal intercourse there. So I'm sorry. But, um, like yeah i i when you the issue is you have a lot of people who they don't want to look at the bible as if it's a comprehensive guide you know and this will show up in a wide variety of ways in our interactions with people i mean like they just um they resist the idea that the bible should be treated as if it's a book that is meant to give you a you know, a sufficient picture of God, like the morality that God expects from you. They're looking to other sources for this. And so, uh, you know, you could ask any number of moral questions. I mean, on a regular basis, we ask like questions related to the morality of specific issues. And, you know, it's, it's very routine that people just say, haven't thought about what the Bible says. And they haven't thought about it like that, as if they even have some kind of obligation to see what the Bible says about that in order to develop a moral opinion, right? (laughs) Mm-hmm. So they don't even believe that like that's some sort of responsibility they have, and they're basically just answering the question on the basis of their own innate sense of right and wrong. But then, yeah, I mean, I I don't even understand. I don't understand that kind of person in general. <laughs> I mean, because it's mm-hmm. been so long since I've thought that way. Like it's been so long since I've even remotely thought that way. I mean, I've for the past you know twenty years of my life, I've been absolutely persuaded that in order to define morality, I need to appeal to something in the bible (laughs) so i need to make a moral case i need to be making a biblical case or else i'm just basically inventing things out of my own mind um you know there's no king in israel everyone does what's right in their own eyes i don't want to be guilty of that so let's go to the scripture and see what it says about it and you know get our moral intuition from there but i mean there are people that are so hostile to that kind of project a lot of them they just they haven't read the bible very much a lot of them are charismatics you know the care like yeah charismatic isn't gonna have any kind of impulse really for the most part to go to the scripture like that and answer questions that way they're just going to listen to the still small voice the mysticism in their own heart to try to answer that question but then a lot of like your you know nominal christians like they're the worst man (laughs) they they basically just they're blindly following the spirit of the age and outraged at exactly the same point that the society is outraged at with no kind of moral indicate with no kind of moral awareness that like basically they are of the world. They speak as of the world and the world listens to them. Uh, so, I mean, it was funny, like on one of the polls we did and I can't remember which one it was right now. Oh, no, I, it wasn't a poll. I, I made a, I was making a statement about, um, like this is a good example. So I was making a statement about um, emotional abuse and I basically said that emotional abuse doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, Twitter blew up for three days and everyone was 
fussing at me and everything else for saying that we did an episode on that but there was a guy there was a guy who was arguing with me at first with that one and really pushing back really hard about that and and then as the so like the issue is like all the female pastors got in on that and started dogpiling on us all the egalitarians started dogpiling on us uh, on that one um you know, all the abuse people came <laughs> came out of the woodworks the, the you know the sob sisters the abuse sisters you know survivors and all that they started piling on us too and but then um and like all the atheists started piling in on it too at that point right uh and all like the usual substance uh, the suspects you know like the you know that uh what's that guy's name a social conservative who tweets for the devil (laughs) oh yeah kevin m young you know all the all the the normal villains in the story were piling in on that but then the issue is they all started liking this guy who was interacting me they they started liking his post and so he got like hundreds and hundreds of likes on his post because all these people were hating hating on it or whatever and he's like all right i gotta change my mind here man he's like i (laughs) <laughs> he, was, he was like, if, if all the villains in the story are agreeing with me, I must be wrong. <laughs> you know, hey, I yeah, can't. Like, hey, I if, all the, if all the atheists and the heretics <laughs> and the false teachers are liking what I said, maybe I need to rethink <laughs> my position. But that would be. Hey, hey, but you know what? But you know what? Like, praise the Lord that <laughs> he was, that there was enough humility there to even be aware of that, right? I because there are a him. lot of people who, who, do the same exact thing and they just totally they totally ignore the fact about who is liking what they're saying well in those moments i often will point out to people who are more biblically oriented I, i'll just point out to them i'll say hey like look who's liking all your stuff you know <laughs> like <laughs> look, i mean it should concern you shouldn't it that all the female pastors and the egalitarians and the heretics like they all agree with you doesn't that concern you a little bit that maybe uh, that uh, like that they think you're on their team, you know? And so, but in this case, though, I mean, I, I bring it up just to say that in this case, the guy, you know, he changed his mind on it, but that's just because you have, you have an individual who doesn't necessarily entrust his, or doesn't necessarily trust his innate moral intuition right. in that way. And so then like, like you, what you have is like, you have a lot of nominal Christians who are absolutely persuaded that their innate moral intuition is just absolutely right. And it, I mean, conveniently, it always lines up with what the world is, you know, screaming about and hollering out about the most, like right now. Um, and it, but then they they trust it and they trust it. They don't feel like they have any responsibility to justify it from Scripture. But I mean, my goodness, like just look at the world you live in today. I mean, what morality should we govern ourselves by, if not the Bible? Like, if you're right. not finding it from the Bible, like because it, it, it's. You know, by what standard? Like, it's not whether you're going to have a standard. It's what is your standard going to be? So, what is your standard going to be? Is your standard going to be popular consensus? Well, if if that's the case, then when, right, and where? <laughs> so, popular consensus at what point in history, what particular place, right? And then you realize it all just reduces to subjectivity. I mean, we've gone we've gone undergone some just massive societal cultural changes. Um, you know, even, like in our country. I mean, especially since Obergefell. And everything else but i mean even more like in the past 50 60 years we've undergone some massive transitions if you trust your moral intuition without going to scripture i, I really don't even know what to say at this point <laughs> because it's going right. to change tomorrow <laughs> you know and not only is it going to change tomorrow but like you know tomorrow you're going to be the kind of person who throws yourself yesterday in jail you know mm-hmm. you have to think about that like that's like you're like you're signing up for a rapidly changing morality to where 
there is absolutely no tolerance for dissent. And, you know, you're really basically at this point in history, I mean, you're, you're basically saying that like things that you believed a year ago were so morally heinous to the point where you deserve to lose your livelihood, <laughs> be thrown in jail, you know, even um, probably killed, you know, because you dared to even think some of these thoughts, you know, so we're just, you have to go to somewhere to find something objective for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of the, part of the motivation for doing this episode, for asking this question is because, yeah, oftentimes we do run some kind of poll or we post something or we do an episode on some topic, you know, that a lot of people, they come in and they just, they really just start making a lot of unfair assumptions, I think, about your motivations for simply asking a, asking a question and wanting to hear people's responses and wanting to see. And sometimes, you know, sometimes those polls are some, they're like a test, right? Just to see um, if people will be consistent in their beliefs or if they're just, you know, they're wishy-washy and they're, they're really kind of hypocritical in what they believe. And, and so the, the poll, the questions that we ask all that to say, the questions that we ask a lot of times are there meant there's a purpose behind them. They're not just, you know, I think a lot of people think that we're trying to rage bait people or we're, we're trying to just be controversial for the sake of being controversial. And we are certainly controversial, but it's not necessarily because we just have this innate desire to be controversial. It's because ultimately we want to ask all these questions that it seems like you're just really not allowed to ask. And, you know, I think you and I have both, we've both been in a place where it's like, Hey, normally, normally the things that you're not allowed to ask, that's where you probably want to go because there's a reason that you're not allowed to ask those questions in our current society. Right. With, 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 you know, probably with some limitations to that, but I mean, questions that like would have been normal 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago to ask, are now not normal anymore. And so we want to ask those questions. And so, so many times we'll get people who respond to a genuine question from us with some sort of like, why are you even asking this question? You know, who's even asking this question? Nobody's talking about this. Talk about the real stuff that's going on right now, you know, or they'll just, they'll just totally emote and, or, you know, accuse you of whatever the, whatever the, question we're actually asking is right so the latest example would be we ran the we ran that poll on does a husband have the authority to spank his wife as a form of discipline right and you have and and we've already done that episode we won't hash out the topic itself but you had all these people who were basically just outright accusing us of being wife beaters for just asking the question, even after you, even after you explicitly said someone else asked me this question because they keep getting people coming to them asking them. It's, fu- it's funny because I put it on the poll. I put it on the poll itself. It's like note, <laughs> and, you know, note. <laughs> someone asked me to ask right, this. <laughs> right, yeah. and, and and other you know other people would come along and and they would repeat that. They would say, "Hey, they are asking this question because someone else asked them." to run a poll on it because they keep getting people coming to them, asking them, am I allowed to do this as a husband? Am I, or, you know, is my husband allowed to do this? Or, you know, when I become a husband, am I allowed to do there's, there's people asking them. And so they come to us and they say, Hey, 
what do you think about this? And you decide to run a poll on it to see what people's responses are. And they're just like, and then once they see that, once they're confronted with that, then the response just becomes, well, you shouldn't have asked it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so it's like, you have this, you just have people that are just so diametrically opposed to even asking these questions. And, and it kind of leads you to a point where you're like, do you even know like okay all right fair you know fair enough in your mind this is n this is a question that shouldn't even have to be asked okay fine but can you actually explain you're here now you, <laughs> you you it was important enough that you needed to comment on it and make and make that statement the grandstanding emotional statement you're here now can you explain it and they can biblically yeah. And they can't. Yeah, they I mean, it's just do. virtue signaling. I mean, and, and so a lot of what's happening is that, you know, when you think about this top, when these, when you think about these kind of questions, you do have a lot of people, and, and I'm not going to say, hey, they left the church because the church mishandled them or whatever else. I mean, I think I, I was, I, I've experienced this growing up where I had a lot of unpopular questions and I wanted to, I, I had questions that, I mean, I, I, I saw the woke stuff way before I saw it as a kid, you know? <laughs> I grew mm -hmm. up with a like with all the quotas, the affirmative action, all that kind of stuff, and I mean, there's questions that you have from that, and so like the issue is like I grew up with those kind of questions related to that kind of topic, and every topic that you see right now that's coming to its its head, I had all those kind of questions running around in my mind as a seven year old, you know, as an eight year old, as a five year old, you know, thinking about these kind of things, like to where. I would ask adults these questions and they would just get mad. <laughs> that, yeah. That'd be the way it worked. Like the response is, oh, you shouldn't ask that. And, you know, you're a troublemaker or whatever else. It's like, well, no, I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> like, um, I'm trying to understand the logic of affirmative action here. <laughs> you know, so can you explain it to me in a way that it makes sense? Like I'm five. I know I'm five. Go ahead and explain it to me like I'm five. <laughs> you know, but like, uh, but then you ask those questions. They just, they don't have answers. The issue is they don't have answers. And I saw that very early on as a kid that I would ask these questions and people, they just didn't have answers to it. They didn't know how to answer the question. And I was looking at them thinking, you're an adult. You should be able to answer these questions, <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, yeah. Because you're, I mean, you obviously think that, the, that there's a right and a wrong answer here, and it's so right and so wrong that it should be obvious to me. It's not obvious to me, and I'm asking you to explain it, and you can't even explain it to like a little kid, you know? So come on, like, it, like, um, it, but then like the issue is okay, so growing up, you can't really ask questions related to race from your pastors. You can't ask any of those. Mm -hmm. They're not going to give you any answers. But what's happened is like the Overton window has shifted, and now you have like what, what's, what, what has happened is, like, there's a lot of people like me who got frustrated with the whole scenario and just started asking the question and demanding answers, right? So you start demanding answers, you start saying the obvious, and then all of a sudden it gives people around you courage who are asking the same sorts of questions. And then what happens is the Overton window shifts, meaning that like the um, Overton window is just a term for you know, the uh, area of acceptable discourse, right? So like mm -hmm. now you can ask those questions a lot more than what you could in the past. Uh, I mean, you could still get canceled for asking some of those questions too, but I mean, like you, there's a lot more freedom to ask some things along those lines. But a lot of these topics that we address, they're topics that you, yeah, we're trying to ask questions that you're not allowed to ask in our society, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong biblically, right? Right. So, like it didn't like just because now it's become more acceptable to ask you know questions related to affirmative action, doesn't mean it was wrong for me to ask those when I was 
seven or five or whatever else. Right. Like that was right. it, it. God's perspective on it didn't shift it. Like the Bible doesn't say you're not allowed to ask that question. <laughs> Just our society is rigorously policing these because they have a vested interest in silencing all dissent, you know? So you, when you live in that kind of society, like there are topics that are off limits. You're not allowed to ask anything related to men and women. You're not allowed to ask anything related to male and female roles. You're not allowed to ask anything related to race. You're not allowed to ask anything related to like any of the CRT categories of intersectionality. You're not allowed to ask anything along those lines. But that doesn't mean they're wrong to ask. You're just not allowed to. It <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's wrong to God. You're not allowed to in our society, right? If you're in the SBC, you're not allowed to ask any questions about anything that anyone does above you, <laughs> right? That doesn't right. mean it's wrong to God. It just is wrong in the SBC. So, like, the issue is a lot of the questions that we're trying to bring up, they're questions that need answers and that a lot of people are asking. And I mean, most of the questions that we ask are things that people have sent us multiple times in multiple ways. Uh, at this point, you know, we started out asking certain series of questions to get the ball rolling. But at this point, I mean, I get people sending me questions every single day. I have a list of questions that I, of people, you know, I just get question after question after question. And I try to ask them. And then, you know, the funny thing is, yeah, I mean, people get so mad about the fact that you're asking them, but it's like, Hey, do you understand that this is like a person's question? Like this is someone has asked me this and they want a good answer to this because they're trying to be faithful in the world that we live in. And, you know, if, if you could all calm down a little bit and try to go to the Bible and provide it, uh, maybe you could help them. <laughs> uh, but then what ends up happening a lot of times is people just kind of lose their mind and refuse to even play ball. And, you know, and they basically just accuse you of being the worst person imaginable for even being willing to do it. But I mean, a lot of that just reduces to, yeah, I, I want to help people. <laughs> so I don't care. Right. You can, you can yell at me. I have thick skin. I don't care, you know, but we'll, um, I know that a lot of people are asking these kind of questions and, you know, our podcast is done as well as it has because there, there's a market for it for sure. Right. Yeah. And, and I think something that it, this kind of stuff has really taught me, um, is I, I think I, and, and maybe I've said this before, I can't really remember, but I think I gave a lot of people a lot more credit for understand knowing and understanding the majority of the Bible than they actually do when it comes right down to it. Uh, I mean, obviously there's people that know it. Obviously there's people that understand it. Obviously there's people that commit themselves to trying to understand it more. Right. But then for the average person that claims to be a Christian, I think I just kind of foolishly assumed that they knew a lot more of their Bible than they actually did. Uh, You know, for example, I had someone, I had someone, um, you know, meet me in real life and they, <laughs> they, I, they were, I was introducing my children to them. Right. And, and we named our oldest daughter Priscilla based off of Priscilla and the Bible. And we explained that to this person who's claimed to be a Christian, claimed to be a Christian for a very long time. And their response was to say, Oh, where is that? I've never, I've never heard of her in the Bible before. Right. And I was, and I was just like, I, that really struck me because I I was like, well, hang on. You've claimed to be a Christian for, I mean, at, at least a decade, probably much longer than that. And you, you've never even heard the name Priscilla ever mentioned 
in the Bible. Any, I mean, I, I, I understand, you know, Priscilla is not mentioned the same way Jesus or Paul or Peter or someone like that is mentioned, but then, you know, to be a Christian for that long, to claim to be a Christian for that long, and you've, and you're not even from, you're not even like, hey, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I don't know where it is, but I've heard, I've heard that name. That that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing, and that's kind of been the universal experience that I've had with people who have interacted with the things that we put out, whether it be the polls or you know what whatever it is. Is oftentimes they just don't know the Bible at all um and and so it 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 makes things make a lot more sense overall as to why there's so many in the church that think the way they do and are so easily deceived in all the ways they are um but then but then it it does kind of help explain why they get so frustrated with these with these kinds of topics because the minute that you ask them, well, hey, what is the biblical, ex-? you know, okay, all right, it's a, it's a dumb question to ask, sure, fine, whatever, someone's asking it, so it's at least that relevant, you've commented on it, you've decided to be here, we didn't force you to come, you, you came on your own, what's the answer, since it's so simple, and, and they're just, they're, there's not one, and yeah, the so, answer so is, that leaves, yeah, I mean, the answer is like, yeah, I, Obviously, this is wrong because that's what the culture tells me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad because it's bad. That's the answer that they give you. And so the so the question then becomes: How do you? How do we? And maybe we can close on this. But how do we protect ourselves from that sort of mentality as Christians? How do we put ourselves in a position where even even when someone's asking the question that we personally think is a stupid question to ask right or or even you know I, we talked about this in in um the episode that we did on on a husband disciplining his wife there might even be questions that are like hey i'm, I'm just not going to ask that question that's just not one really worth asking right now even with those questions we should still have a biblical response right yeah i mean i think the, the issue is if you, and a lot of people don't think about it this way, but they, the internet, I think in general, trains people to de depersonalize people. But mm -hmm. then the issue is that when it, it, I'm, you know, me being involved in counseling, I talk to people all the time. They come to me with questions all the time. <laughs> like, so they, like a lot of these questions are from real people and I know who these real people are and I know what their motives are. And, you know, what often happens in these kind of things is that people can just make all sorts of crazy assumptions about the kind of person who might be asking this, you know? So, I mean, if you just take an example of something like um, sodomy, if someone were to say, Hey, what does the Bible say about, you know, saint loving committed same sex relationships or whatever, like, um, or, or, you know, maybe even just use the trans, you know, the quote unquote transgender thing. What does the Bible say about transgenderism? It, it, you know, I, the issue is any number of people could be asking that question. And what, what generally right. happens is you have a lot of people who are assuming in their mind, the type of person who they're thinking is asking that and then responding to like the worst possible motive for asking the question. But I mean, if you were to think about something like the transgender question or something like that, what does the Bible say about that? I mean, there could be a person who is asking that because they're considering it themselves, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so you might have a specific response to that kind of person that goes a specific way. There could be a person whose loved one or friend is, is considering doing that and they don't know what they think about it. So that's obviously a different scenario, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Then there's a scenario where you have an adult who's thinking about doing that to their kids, right? <laughs> so, I mean, but every single one of those scenarios, they're different scenarios, they're different kind of people. And the issue is with a question like that, you don't really even know where it's coming from, right? You don't, right. And, I, and I would just, I imagine you'd be harsher on the, the parent doing that to the child than you would be, you know, in your response than you would be to the individual asking about their loved one or their friend right right <laughs> like how do i talk you know or how do i talk to people about this what are what are some biblical arguments that i could use so i mean like the issue is like th these are people and um like you think about like a question and we used to we used to um there used to be like in you know education like a mentality of like hey there's no such thing as a stupid question or something like that right um mm -hmm. that i think a lot of people are they they don't really think through that as it relates to some of these topics so they'll immediately go to this is a stupid question or whatever else but like the issue is like questions actually can't be stupid <laughs> <laughs> i mean people can be stupid right <laughs> there's no stupid questions only, only stupid people, only stupid right? people. <laughs> i mean but the, the issue is like i i think if you if you're actually like the issue is we should always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that's in us um like so we should be like competent and equipped like to answer these questions and God wants us to be salt and light in the fallen world. And part of that just means that you need to think about everything that's happen, happening in the world from a biblical perspective and being ready to speak to it. <laughs> that's what the Great Commission means. Like you're teaching people to do all that Jesus did and taught. And that's the Great Commission. You make disciples, teaching them to do everything that Jesus did and taught. You have a responsibility to know the Bible so well, <laughs> right? That you could tell people like, and I, I, it's obviously a community project, you know, maybe it's not on, you know, one person to know everything, but it is your, like that you're part of the discipling someone is teaching them to do all that Jesus did and ta taught. And you, know, you have pastors who are equipped for that task, laymen who are equipped for that task. And, you know, it's a lifelong task and everything else. But the issue is like, we should know the Bible better than what we know it. And we should be ready, right? We should be right. ready to give an answer. And, and a lot of what's happening in these kind of conversations, you have people who just, they've never thought about it before. They respond instantaneously with offense and they don't actually have answers to give. And, and you know, it just kind of reduces to it's, it's obviously wrong, stupid. What's your problem? You know, it's like, well, um, you have to understand that you're living in a country that's deeply divided on right and wrong in almost every single conceivable way. So we might want to actually give them answers to this instead of just um, coddling the left and, you know, attacking the right in that way. Like, I think you need to like be ready to answer questions from both the left and the right in that way and give them answers for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up the episode on. So thank you, Tim, for providing those answers. And I don't think there's really anything else to say on the subject other than just, you know, I think, I think this is definitely one of those areas that probably most people, especially online, you know, uh, could work on in terms of jumping to conclusions quickly and not looking at themselves and asking, Hey, wait a second. Do I actually understand the question? Can I actually respond to the question? And, and if the answer is no, then maybe just sit that one out or, you know, go and look it up and figure out what you believe on the topic from scripture and then come back. You know, that's perfectly fine. And, and I think too, sometimes there's, there's, there's some good in saying, Hey, I just don't know the answer. I mean, there's people that do that on our, on our polls and on the, th on the questions we ask, they just straight up say, Hey, I don't know. 
you know, and that's a good question. And, and that's perfect. That's a perfectly refined response. I think the internet's kind of trained us to think that we've got to respond right away with whatever's in our mind. And if there's nothing in our mind, then we've got to make something up. And, and that's just not a helpful, that's just not a helpful attitude to really have. So we appreciate all you guys for listening to the episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys for interacting with the polls, for interacting with the things that we post online, the memes, the Bible verses, and everything in between. Um, you, some other ways that you guys can support us, leave a like and a comment on the YouTube video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, and give us a five-star review. All those are free ways that you can help support us, and they actually they go a lot farther than you might actually think just leaving likes and comments because it only takes a few seconds. It feels like an insignificant thing, but then the reality is it really does help get us out there and, and the videos where, you know, you guys are liking and commenting a lot. Uh, those videos typically tend to do a lot better. So uh, do that for us if you're so inclined. And if you want to support us financially, you can do that through the Patreon. There's a link down in the description and a link to the rest of our social media as well, well where you can interact with us throughout the week. And we're posting other stuff throughout the week besides just the podcast episodes there. So you can follow those links to find us. And until the next episode, we'll see you. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.